Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it is part of Australia Month, so we are watching Australian films and we are watching The Man from Snowy River. Uh, which is a film based on a poem. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with The Man from Snowy River, um, so am I. So uh, we're going to hold hands together and learn this one. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, joining us, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's a happy new year to Anna Weir. Hello. How are you doing, Anna? I'm not too bad. Good, good, good. It's It's been a little while since we've had you on, um, I believe. Don't ask me to remember. Might have been Moulin Rouge. <gasps> yes, and I had a great time and no one else did. Uh, well, I, again, <laughs> I I still don't know if I like that film or not. I'm still thinking about but it. But you had an experience, I and that's what counts. definitely had an experience, so you're correct. Um, uh, the Man from Snowy River. Yes. Uh, what, do you, what do you know about this film? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Not a, not a thing? No. Didn't even look it up. Okay. Which I always do before I watch a movie. Yeah, but this time, no. Based on a poem, Banjo Patterson, that's all I've got. Okay. Literally, I, don't, That's it. I know nothing about this film. <laughs> That's very exciting. Um, partly because it occurred to me the other day that a snowy river is still a river. Like, for it to be a river, it can't just be s- solid ice, can it? That's, yes, it can. I mean, you can't. It's still a river. I mean, if the river is frozen and also covered in snow... I suppose, it still yeah. works. But water doesn't not become water when you freeze it. I suppose it's a river still, is still a river when it's frozen. It's just a frozen river. I was just imagining mm. a river but filled with snow as opposed to ice. Oh, no. I, no. Very different image. Yeah. Very different. That's more of an avalanche, a controlled avalanche, <laughs> I've realised. It's the natural disaster, I think. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, if that's in this film. I'd be surprised. Yes, well... But hey, I don't know anything about it. Well, luckily we have someone who does, because <gasps> he has seen this film. Uh, Happy New Year, Andrew David! Happy New Year, Dr. Stephen Platt. How you doing, Andrew? I'm quite well. It's very warm. It but is, yeah. You might managing. hear the faint hum of air conditioning. <laughs> we but- apologise for the bad audio, but well, we need it. We, we desperately need it. It's a 40 degree day. It's not... A snowy river where we are. No, absolutely. Um, I'm okay, temperature-wise. Okay, well. Well, we're happy for you. (laughs) But but the rest of us are sitting here, just like rivers of sweat coming out of us. Just like, ugh. Um, from Sweaty River? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a very different film. Yeah, with the Unpleasant. Sweaty River. Uh, But yes, if you do hear a slight bit of air conditioning, uh, that's because we value comfort over your listening experience. Mm. Uh, Andrew, um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way... What is The Man from Snowy River about? I just have to say, I got this position by default Mm -hmm. because I was the only person you asked that has seen this film. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And by see this film, I mean... How long ago? My mum definitely put it on at some point when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like this is going to be very different to the Dune episode where I had a lot of very uh, built-up rage to disclose. In this case, I'm... I feel like in any other scenario, I would be the not have seen the film option, Mm. but I I squirreled my way on nevertheless. Mm. Uh, You've you've been in the same room as the film. I have. Okay, Mm. that's a good start. The VHS is on my parents' VHS shelf. Mm. I know that much. So it's it's very possible this would be like almost like (laughs) childhood regression therapy. Possibly. As the film goes, you might awaken memories. Yes, hopefully good ones. Mm. Um... We'll see if I have anything to throw at my therapist later. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I remember of this film is there is a man. Mm-hmm. He is from, I presume, the Snowy River. Mm-hmm. And he has to 
fit into another family group and he's real good at horses. That's what I recall. Okay. We will okay. discover if any of that is accurate. From the, the picture I have seen of it, I feel like the horses thing is true. There's definitely horses involved yeah. somewhere. This mm. is a horse film. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very distinct image from the climax of the film in my head, which I'm not going to say here because I don't want to spoil it, obviously. Okay. Um, but if that at least comes true, then I'll be happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch The Man from Snowy River? Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare for the movement at the station, for the word had passed around that the colt from Old Regret had got away and had joined the wild bush horses. He was worth a thousand pounds, so all the cracks had gathered to the fray. Wait, there's so much of this poem. I'm not reading it all, but it is The Man from Snowy River. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Man from Snowy River. And by we, I, of course, mean Andrew David. Hello. And Anna Weir. Hello. Anna, that was your first time watching The Man from Snowy River. It sure was. What did you think of it? (laughs) I weirdly enjoyed it, Mm. but a lot happened that I didn't expect. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much how I feel coming away from it. It's it's strangely compelling. Yeah, like, it, it was good mm. but choices were made i don't think it's compelling in the way that the film thinks that it's being compelling that, no, that's, definitely that's the thing there, definitely are, there are lots of really interesting choices that are made by um actors by horses editors <laughs> uh, by uh, everyone involved in this film that should just go huh that that threw my expectation yeah and i'm and i'm not hating it i will say it was visually very striking it, it, it was beautifully beautiful shot. It is. Film. It is incredibly shot. Some lovely, just beautiful wide shots. And a lot of vistas. And the, the colours they use, the filters they use on some of those shots. Amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was I think really it, re- nice. it really captured um, the the sense that I think that a lot of people have of what late nineteenth century Australia was like. Yes. In terms of that idealized, and I'm talking entirely from a colonized perspective. Here. <laughs> yep. Um, Very the, white perspective. Yeah, but but that ideal that people had that Australia was this almost like the new old west. It was this yeah. new land that had yet to be it was tamed. Rich for the taking. And there was gold in them their hills. And there were <laughs> cows in them their hills. <laughs> and there were horses in them their hills. And everyone could just And if you were a real mm. man you can make it in them their hills. Yeah. And it, it really captured that sort of I guess some would say colonial propaganda. Uh, of of come to Australia and build what this country is. And I, I think it's interesting with this film being made in the early 1980s um how 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 old the film feels it feels feels really old yeah and i think that's partly because the set uh the sets the costume the design of all of those things felt really authentic Mm. um there was the odd thing we but it it really does have the vibe of like an old australiana also like an old 50s forgetting western kind of yeah and it has some of the same sensibility to it as well yeah and, yeah, I mean, Kirk Douglas being in it maybe doesn't help that, but <laughs> yeah, but it, it it feels as though it was doing a lot of stuff that's quite 
generic in terms of that sort of film where you get yes. in one big name star and a bunch of like you know a couple of couple of pretty people as your young romantic leads um and then some real like ragtag rough guys yeah some to good pad out the rest of some the some good scenes. character yep. actors that sort of thing um but but yeah the film just it does things, Anna. Yeah. It, it does things. The story is... Um, ridiculous. Is, is ridiculous, but also pretty simple <laughs> at the same time. Uh, loosely based on Banjo Patterson's uh, poem of the same name. Uh, Jim Craig is uh, a mountain man, or in this case, a mountain boy. Uh, with he's, a, he's about to... He's on the cusp of manhood. On the cusp of manhood. Yeah, he's right on the cusp. And uh, while he teeters on the cusp, his, um, his, his father, Henry Craig, is... Brutally um, killed by a tree. Brutally yes. murdered by a, a tree a and a horse combo. Yeah, so the, so the most demonic horse that ever did. I think did you'll find canter. that he he died by accident, uh, which was yes, he died by as the tombstone dutifully recorded yes. on his tombstone. Yeah, uh, so he died of accident. Oh yeah, that's the, that, I was like, that doesn't sound as ridiculous yeah, as yes. I remember it sounding because he died, of, died accident. of accident. Yeah, he died of accident. Where. Um, where these uh, wild brumbies ran past and it spooked one of the other horses and the log came free and pfft, he was gone. I, I do have to say, we did spend a lot of this film talking about an evil, magical horse that we've named the Night Horse. Because the way they shot the lead brumby, Old Regret's Foal, uh, or Col- Colt, sorry, or whatever that, that, that horse was, was just a terrifying creature. They really don't want you to side with that horse. Yeah, they want you to know that horse is bad news. It's and, like and it, only Jim Craig can tame can, that horse. Can tame that yeah. horse. But Weirdly, it, I I did not side with the horse. I was yeah. like, that is a bad horse. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> like, it worked. Like, at the end of the day, it's just there's some wild horses out in the hills as who, there would who be who want to be left alone. But the film is like. And they're evil, <laughs> and you need to be afraid of them. Yeah. and you're like, okay, to the point where there is, oh, a, I, I will okay. be. To, yeah, to the point where there is a freeze frame on his eye, and the camera like does three zooms in. And his eye was like slightly red. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was an interesting choice. I don't think it was a bad one though, because this film is severely lacking in antagonists. Yes, the, the main antagonist I think is meant to be Harrison, Mister Harrison, um, because obviously he doesn't want his daughter going off with some mountain man. But which you can kind of understand, yeah. Like he's not a good guy. No, but you he... can understand why he doesn't want that. Yeah, and, and you know they play up Curly a bit as being this like low level, more like rock in the shoe than an actual uh, problem, where he's like trying to start fights with um, uh, Jim. What's his name? Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it, it, Jim Craig. Two first names. Uh, it's always, always tricky, but um, yeah, I suppose. It, with the film being like, look how beautiful this landscape is, and then you're trying to use something that is natural, like a wild horse, mm. as the enemy. I think it was, I think it was quite a good idea to go. No, specifically, this horse is a bastard. <laughs> this, this one and bad it ha- horse. It has it has mystical powers over all other horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the it was the leader of the horses. Yeah, which mm. I don't know much about horses, but I don't think it works like that. You don't I, think they have like horse kings or horse? I queens? don't think they have horse I, I kings. Think I think you can't like they often follow a leader. Yeah. But I I I don't think they have mystical powers. I no. might be wrong. I don't know a lot about horses. <laughs> there <laughs> might be magic we horses. We don't know out a lot there. about horses. <laughs> I mean, th- th- but this film does show this horse as having like 
it is malevolent. Yeah, and it, it, it does a lot of like rearing back on its hind legs and, and whinnying. Mm. And then all the other horses are like, yes, and rush forward mm. to trample someone to death. Yeah. Which they never do. They run over a lot of people, but they never kill anyone. It's mm. true. Yeah, there's a couple of times where someone like should have died. Yeah, yeah. Jim should have died. Oh, Jim oh, yeah. definitely should have died. Fifty horses on his spine. Yeah. Ah, oh, he's a man though. <laughs> a no, real man he can didn't take. Didn't even 50 have like horses. a bruise or a cut or anything. He just was in bed for like a day or two. Yeah, he was rude to Jessica. Oh, yeah. we haven't even talked about Jessica. Yeah, it's Red Dead Redemption rules. There's, you know, <laughs> your, your cuts disappear after a little while. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's sort of what the story is about. Um, as as you mentioned, Jessica, the daughter of uh, Mr. Harrison. Um, she and Jim are essentially love. forced to spend time together to fall in love um, when when the rest of the men go and round up the cattle or whatever they're doing. And they there's Something. that beautiful montage with the nice piano music, which uh, Andrew, you said was, was on in your house quite a lot growing up. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack from this film is rooted deep in my memory. <laughs> the, the main theme is like definitely something that my mum and my sister often played on the piano. So lots of deep sense memories. And and the shot that I knew existed oh, is the, when, the... when he's going like vertically down the cliff face mm-hmm. chasing the Brumbies at the climax of the film. I, just, I, I did remember that shot. It does exist. So um, it did spark some memories for you this film? Yes, it did. Okay, yeah. good. I still don't... I don't remember any of the characters in this film. Mm. I don't remember any of the character interactions in any capacity, but I definitely remember that shot. I feel like what they did with a lot of the characters... That not the like the main main ones, the slightly less than main ones, mm. was they introduced them and they were like, "This is a character," and you're like, "It sure is." And then they went, "All right," and just like put them away and didn't do yeah, much. Yeah, like them. the foreman is yeah. like, "You should meet the foreman." It's like, "Hello, I'm the foreman. <laughs> yeah. Get to work." And, and like, the mustache guy was like, "I'm a lawyer." All right. <laughs> and like, the, oh, the one rustler who Clancy, is like who everyone thinks is amazing mm. yeah and uh, he gets a bit more character but then there's like the one guy who's, who's praying at the table oh yeah and you're like that's the one scene he gets and you're like okay yeah they just well, I, but I it does make the anything. world feel lived yeah. in yeah there's like, like, yeah, like they've all got full. their own stuff going on yeah and I, I did appreciate that yeah like but you are right there, really we're talking around the subject. There is one side character that Aww. we all dearly love. Whitland I think Tim. actually the yeah. hero of the, the film. hero of the film. We named him Whitlin Tim uh, <laughs> until we discovered that his name is probably Fru. Uh, but Whitlin Tim, as we'll call him, played by uh, Gus Mercurio, who just a bear of a man. Bear of a man. He's Whitlin by the fire, but he's always looking out for Jim with his gun that he sleeps with. Yeah, sleeps with a gun um, for some reason. For yeah. reasons that we never learn in this film. It's a bit like. It's a bit like in Mad Max Fury Road, where there's a bunch of characters that you're like, I want to know more about yeah. them. That's that's true. That's yeah. Whitling Tim. I, I hope man, the man from Snowy River 2 is about Whitling Tim. And it's like a prequel that would be good. about his life. How he is the way he is. Yeah, because he was wonderful. Yeah, And like, just Jim tucking him in. Yeah. And then that little like prolonged shot on his face as he this settles in. cozy. Yeah. yeah. He Jimmy was... Like, you're, well, you're always welcome by my fire. Yeah. And it's like, oh... Oh, I, oh, I, that's oh, lovely. Thanks, Jim. I genuinely wanted to see those two ride off into the sunset and have a great time, because I, I love that bromance. That was that was. It fun. felt real. It did. It felt real. And I think the film does a really good job of balancing those different character archetypes um, mm. around a fairly serious main story of of the family, where um, Mr. Harrison and his um, 
brother who was the black sheep of the family uh who is spur the one-legged miner who's hunting for gold did, uh, you, did you notice the back of his his foot his his fault his false foot no like his, his real foot that they pulled up behind him no oh no there were a couple of times when he was facing away from the camera that you could see it sticking out the back i of was his wondering trousers. how they did that I, okay. i'll be honest i did not notice that they tied up Kirk Douglas's leg. I really, I really didn't know. <laughs> just, just tied it up in, okay, yeah. inside his pants. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought it worked pretty well. Oh, yeah, it's general. somewhere. But yeah, I, 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 not once. I didn't even notice when they were both in the same shot, but it was clearly another actor with a fake beard because <laughs> I was so focused on the actual Kirk I didn't Douglas. even notice they were the same person until halfway through the film. You guys even <laughs> mentioned it. And I was like, well, I, we... wonder, I wonder when Harrison's brother is going to show up that they keep talking about. And I'm like, oh... oh. He was here the, he, whole, the, the whole time. time. Mm. The same guy. Yeah. I, I really liked... They did make him quite dirty. Yeah. He was very dirty. And he had a false nose yeah. and a silly voice and all that kind of stuff. And he looked like Wurzel Gummidge. That was, <laughs> that was the did. key thing. Um, the thing I really liked with, um, with the brothers and that storyline was that the film makes it pretty clear who Jessica's father is. Because that was the question that they raised about... Mm. Oh, Matilda, the the deceased dead, wife. The deceased wife yeah. The whole question of adultery. Disney and you're like, yeah. ooh, it's the big, it's going to come up and boil over. And then they're like, no, actually, Harrison's just a bit of a jerk. Yeah. yeah. His wife was a nice lady and you were just violently jealous. Yep. She never would have done anything. And that seems much more likely than what normally happens in these films where, no, Spur is your father. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I, I really appreciate yeah, you're right it was a yeah. much more realistic like you've been holding on to this grudge for all these years yeah for no reason mm. which is what people do mm. Mm. and it has to be said we all know kirk douglas is a great actor he's really good he's really good in this really? yeah, playing two like very really good distinct so characters. distinct i didn't realize they were the same guy <laughs> it's and, okay and that they were brothers <laughs> yeah um yeah it's you know, this is the first Kirk Douglas movie I've ever seen. Is it? I've never seen him in anything else. Wow, he's been in a lot. I know. That's, that's impressive. I haven't watched a lot of films. That's fair. Um, but yeah, he's he's very good. He, he's he's very good. Very believable. But, but at the same time, <laughs> this film isn't isn't spectacular, and it, it it sort of it meanders. Yes. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like I, a real Sunday afternoon I of a film. I think the problem is. And I don't know because I haven't read the poem, mm. but I think the problem is they had to make a film out of a poem mm. and they were like, you could be right. There was a man from the snow river and then there are presumably evil horses and he has to deal with them because no one else can. Yeah. But also we have to fill but that in. That can't just be the film. Yeah. We need two hours. We need more characters. We need, we need a love, a romance subplot. Mm. Uh, and why don't we throw in some family drama of, yeah. of a long lost brother? Mm. So, I'm just having a quick skim read through the um, through the actual poem, which is, I'm sure, how Banjo Patterson wanted it read. Yeah, oh, very quickly on an iPhone screen. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, for a podcast. <laughs> um, His dream. I can say that Harrison is a character oh. in oh, really? the poem. God, we really should have read this poem. Um, well, tell you what. Sorry, Mum. No. <laughs> it, it's 13 stanzas. It's too many. It's too many? Yeah. Okay. Give us the cliff notes. I, I'll give you the, the cliff notes version of the man from Snowy River. Um, I'm going to pull up a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim Cliff Notes. <laughs> Podcasting gold. So The Man from Snowy River was a poem written and published in 1890, around the time that this film was set. Okay. Oh my um, God, and he was still around? Yeah, Banjo Patterson was, was knocking around in the 1890s. 
No, but I mean like because he was around, he was in the film. Did oh, you say that? that no, was a, there was a cat and someone was playing. That was somebody oh, playing. Oh, okay. no, honey, I was so I was like, how did that work? Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm afraid, uh, dear dear banjo, the real is not the oldest man. Yeah, in the world. yeah. I was like, <laughs> he, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he. Why is no one else talking about trund- this? Was he five when he wrote the poem? And then Trundle had trundled him out on his deathbed for the film. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, the poem tells the story of a horseback pursuit to recapture the cult of the prize-winning racehorse that escaped from its paddock and is living with the Brumbies of the mountain ranges. Eventually, the Brumbies descend a seemingly impassable steep slope, at which point the assembled riders give up the pursuit, except the young (gasps) protagonist, who is telling the poem, Ah. uh, who spurs his pony um, down the terrible descent and catches the mob. Uh, Two characters mentioned in the early part of the poem feature in other Patterson poems, Clancy of the Overflow, so Clancy's in this, and Harrison from Old Pardon, Son of Reprieve. So Harrison and Clancy are both characters from at least two poems of of Patterson's. Right. The Patterson poetic universe. Poetic universe. (laughs) Yeah, the PPU. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so yeah, the, the, the film, I think, based on that very brief summation and and having not done more than skim read the poem um it's it's clear that they've really they needed filler they've done what they can yeah yeah with with a 13 stanza poem jessica has to fall off a cliff halfway through the film yeah yeah which seems hugely traumatic and they never mention it she was like i i was scared and then i was like actually i just love jim so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and Mm. i know jim will come for me even though I have no way of knowing he that. he can speak to the mountains. He's a mountain. <laughs> Sorry, yes. He's a mountain man and I'm on a mountain. That's, that's how it goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, that cliff sequence. One, terrifying horse. Um, yeah, was, was fantastic. The evil horse. But the, the way Jessica fell onto a bit of the mountain in the rain and then when she... Down quite a small ledge. Yeah. Like quite a small embankment. And then when she came to, she was a lot further down. Yes. Uh, in a... Halfway down a sheer rock face. Yeah, yeah. it was... Um, Not real. That seemed a bit silly, <laughs> uh, just in general. I, I'm not yeah, even that sure one. that um, old Jim's whip could get down that far as well. Like, she was quite a way down. And I don't think he could pull her up. Or, like, she could hold on to it while yeah. he... Like, both yeah. of them are going to be struggling with that. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. fact they cut away... It was a good choice, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was quite sensible. Yeah, but there aren't a huge amount of moments of peril. That's probably the most perilous moment for anyone in the film. I don't know. Him going down that cliff face. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The reality of him going down that cliff face. Yes. I'm still genuinely, like, astounded that that was real. Mm. It's amazing to look at. I can't believe that's real. It is like, you can't really fathom what is happening. No. Mm. Because you don't see things, like, done realistically like that. No. And if someone said, you know, if someone was like, oh, I'm going to make my lead actor... Kareem yeah, not even a stuntman. Yeah, yeah, the main guy, whack him on a horse, throw him down a cliff. No one would let that happen. No. Mm. I mean, maybe they shouldn't, but it, I, I'm genuinely amazed that he did that. It is a great shot. It, it, it is, it is, and again, it's, it's the one thing you really have to get right because that's the, the climax of the poem. Yeah. So it's, it's important that that shot, I guess, looks good, and I, I suppose there isn't really a way to fake that shot at that time. Probably not. Like 20 years on uh, Lord of the Rings yeah. um, with the charging down in Helm's Deep with, with 2,000 Rohirrim mm-hmm. horses going down a very steep hill. You can cheat that with digital effects, mm. but they didn't have that option in 1982. And it's 
it's impressive. It's very impressive. And and it's quite scary. And, you know, we were all going, that horse is going to break its ankles. What? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Um, I do think it's interesting that that reckless behavior ultimately ended up being rewarded or like that that was redeemed because jim did do a couple of reckless things like when he gets stampeded yeah that was stupid i think by the climax it's he's in his element and he's prepared for it Mm. he's he's talking to the mountain they're in the mountains he's He's a mountain man he knows he can do this yeah like in his heart of hearts he knows that he can do this okay that's early in the film he's he's jumping into it without thinking at all Mm. Yeah, okay, that's fair, I suppose. And, it's, like, the mm. horse is his enemy. He has to... Yeah. It's true. He has to vanquish the he horse <laughs> that killed his father. <laughs> the night horse. My name is Jim Craig. You killed my father with a log. <laughs> Prepare to go to a stable. <laughs> it's not quite got the same ring. No, it's not as snappy. No. I, I will say that one of the things that I did quite enjoy about this film was just the sequences where Kirk Douglas's spur was in the mine that that oh, really? mine shaft yeah just the really shaky wonky yeah. and like the, the the fact he kept like arguing with the mine shaft and it's clear <laughs> that spur is a very troubling character in some respects yeah. like the way he, he he's with going on with miss bailey bit of a sex pest a bit of a sex pest but it was 1888 and also miss bailey does seem to weirdly get into it by the end of it which is also a little weird. Well, I suppose when you wash off all the grime, he does look like Kurt Douglas. That's true, true. <laughs> he's kind of and he's got all that gold now. Yeah, he's, so. got, all that, he's got that one vein of gold. He yep. does. Um, but yeah, th- those sequences in, in the mineshaft, I, I, I quite enjoyed. We should also say, this film is directed by George Miller, but not the George Miller. We were very confused. Yeah. And excited initially. Yeah, because we were like, what? Babe, pig in the city's George Miller. Happy Feet's George Miller. Yeah, is is this who? Happy no. Feet Two's George Miller. <laughs> yeah, Babe One's George Miller. Well, he just produced it, I think, oh, and okay. wrote it. Never mind. Oh. But George Miller of George Miller fame. Uh, no, and diff- no, we were wrong. Different George Miller just, of different George Miller fame. Just some guy, really yeah. called yeah. George Miller. Yeah, mm-hmm. whose uh, main credit was directing The Man from Snowy River and The Man from Snowy River Two. Oh, poor George Miller. Yeah. But I think he directed it pretty well. It's, yeah, it's good. on the whole. I mean, I think the, the main problem with this film is that you have to film a bunch of horses and you got to get the horses to do what you want. Yeah. And hope that it looks good. And there are only so many things that horses do. After they run fast. They run fast, which is... And they like, do some jumps. Yeah, but... They don't talk. They don't talk. And they don't emote terribly much. No, except for when you get a freeze frame of their eye. <laughs> that's that's about it. Then they're evil. Yeah. Would you guys like some trivia about the man from Snowy River? Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. And by all of this trivia, I mean the following three points of trivia. Oh no, is that it? There's technically ten. Um, these are the three which are interesting. <laughs> um, the other so really just about horses. Yeah. Had it out. But I think that reflects the fact that this film kind of doesn't have a lot that you can really say much more about it, other than it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty good. Looks really cool. Uh, Tom Burleson, who who plays Jim Craig, had never ridden horses much before making this film. He's doing so well. Mm. Yeah, he does phenomenal. He does. I I did horse lessons when I was a kid, Mm. and they're scary. Yeah, they're scary animals. They're big. Have you ever it's like driving a car, but the car has its own mind and yeah. doesn't want to do what you want it to do. 
Have you ever ridden a horse? V- many years ago mm. when I was very small. Okay. And like sit on the back of a horse and someone leads it around. Mm. I've ridden a horse once when I was 24. Um, and I rode for an hour in somewhat similar conditions to this around the, the hills in Kalamunda. Ah. Mm. Um, and it was nice and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I was like, I've done that now. And you're right. It's very much that case of, yeah, this thing is a mind of its own. Yeah. But um, And it's stronger than me in every way possible. Yeah, even emotionally. It's, yeah. it's yeah. stronger than me. And it was um, it, it was a lovely experience. I, I, my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, took us for like a Valentine's Day thing where oh. it was like a group doing like a horse trek. So it was all very controlled. I was wearing a helmet. It was fine. Like, But it, but it is quite imposing being on top of... The, the, they're surprisingly big. Yeah. That's the thing I always get they thrown. They put you up by. very high and there's a long way to fall to the ground. Yeah. I I can't remember how old. I must have been 11 or 12 maybe when I did it. And I did it for a couple months and I got up to a canter. Oh, and that's what, pretty good. I did one lesson with canters and, and I was like, it. that's terrifying. <laughs> I don't want to do that. It's too much. <laughs> I'm going to die. Yeah. So I stopped. Which, which then just makes that shot of him doing phenomenally yeah. impressive yeah very impressive and he had no helmet um when he went over the cliff after the brumbies um that was a one take shot yeah. so they they only did one take of that you i mean if you do more than that you would be doing that him. again mm. yeah I get think... it in the bag there's no yeah. way you would repeat yeah. that he got to the bottom was like nope i'm hoping that's what <laughs> he was like don't care how it looks yeah. done it once that's it <laughs> it was it is very impressive the Man from Snowy River is a poem, as we've said, that was written by uh, Banjo Patterson and published in 1890. Patterson himself, along with the words of the poem, are immortalised on the Australian $10 bill. God, I should have known that. I feel like I really should have known yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. I, to be fair, yeah. who has cash these days? I I have a $10 bill okay, on me right now. Just me do then. Oh, do you have a $10 bill? I believe I do, uh, yeah. I've yeah. got a 5 and a 20 All right, so I just don't carry cash then. I normally well, don't. In these COVID times, in it these... maybe makes sense, but there he is. There's Banjo. Oh. For, for people listening at home who don't have access to Australian currency, um, Google it. But yes, uh, Banjo, he's he's a man in a hat, um, and he he looks like he's having a nice time being on the $10 bill. It's the blue one for um, people overseas. And weirdly, the woman on the other side looks like the aunt. Oh, looks like Aunt Rosemary. Yeah, doesn't she? She does a bit. She sure does. But it's not Aunt Rosemary. (laughs) Because that would be very odd. It's Mary Wilmore. So, yes. It's a Mary. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. Close enough. Close enough. I I also love that, yeah, next to Banjo's head, there is a little... um, man riding a horse with a bit of a whip in the air as well. Uh, it's got to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, it's Jim. Yeah, it's very nice. So, oh, yes, uh, th- there's your currency lesson for the day. <laughs> uh, the final bit of trivia. The movie contains numerous references to Banjo Patterson, besides being based on the poem. Uh, Patterson himself is a character in the movie, as is Clancy, as we mentioned. Uh, Harrison's wife is named Matilda, which is based on the song uh, Waltzing Matilda, which Patterson wrote, and is the melody heard at the end of the film. Yes. Correct. (laughs) All correct statements. All all things we agree on. Yeah, I thought it weird that they didn't close out the film with the main theme. But Waltzing Matilda makes sense. It's Waltzing Matilda. When it first played... I went, ah, yes, the national anthem. And then I went, <laughs> I, knew, I did for a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I was like it's weird. The closest with it. Oh, okay, oh. no, it, it's 
What thing would so you So maybe that's something about what our national anthem should be. I mean, I think we could, we could get behind that. Yeah. I think so, more people I think more people know Waltzing Matilda than the Australian national song. anthem. Yeah. Yeah, and look, the Australian national anthem on the scale of national anthems, it's okay. Yeah. It's it's better than I'd say more than half of the national anthems in the world. But it's not the best one. But it could be an absolute banger if if we went for for a bit of Waltzing Matilda. I just really lean into it, you know. I mean, it's like it's stealing sheep and whatnot. Mm. Like great. Just really lean into like the convict history. Like, history. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit of trivia about horses. Oh God! Just because they're uh, terrifying. I'm they're full of demons. Yes. <laughs> Um, horses do have leaders in their herds. Hey. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, the leader in a herd is usually an older mare or an alpha mare. Um, oh, my God. Horses are matriarchal. Yes. Oh. Uh, the the mare, uh, she maintains her dominant role over the others, even though she might be physically weaker than them. <gasps> How does she do it? With spells. <laughs> magic. Horse magic. Um, yes. I don't know if horses actually are magic, but they are pretty special. So I can't prove otherwise. I, yeah. I can't say that horses aren't magic. Let's, let's put it that way. This feels like you're being held to ransom by a horse. <laughs> <laughs> making I, you say this. I can neither confirm nor deny. And shut up. The Just horse, a hoof in the small of the back. The horse is in the other room. Oh, sorry. It's, it's listening with its magic with its horse. magic ears. <laughs> God. What a strange film. So, with all that being said, it's time to score the film. Uh, so, Anna, it was your first time watching. It was the Man from Snowy River, which we didn't see the Snowy River, but as and, there was yeah. snow, there, there were was, rivers there was and there snow. was snow. And as Andrew pointed out, it's about a man from Snowy River. That yeah. doesn't mean that we're in Snowy River. Be like, yeah, it doesn't have to be about that specific area. But what would you give the Man from Snow Snowy River out of ten? I would give it. Six wild brumbies out of ten. Fair. Yeah. Not the best film I've ever seen, but gosh darn it was not the worst. That's absolutely that's absolutely <laughs> fair, yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Andrew? I actually I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. It's a very weird film. It's quite an uh, quite an archaic film in a lot of ways. Um, especially in its very like blindly colonial depiction yeah. of Australia. Mm. Which I yes. think can't not, be not an indigenous over- person to be not seen. No, they don't exist in 1888. Apparently, yeah. in the countryside, in, in the outback. Yeah, yeah, and there could have been the story as it's told. There, there could be a lot of metaphors for colonialism going on with taming the mountains and and the wild brumbies. And yeah, conquering but, the unconquerable. And, and they don't address all in, in, into any of that, which is a similar problem as of many Western films that this is clearly. Um, being em- emblematic of, yeah. Um, but despite all that, I did I did quite enjoy this film, if only because of a, a child sense of nostalgia. Aww. So I think I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Se- seven demon night horses out of ten. <laughs> yeah. And Stephen, what about you? For, for me, it, I know it's not a good film, but I really liked it. Yeah, that, 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 there's something. It. Yeah, there is something it's very charming. charming. About it. It, mm, it's quite earnest as well. Yeah, and I don't think you see many films that do earnestness well, and this film feels like it does. I feel like there's a good mix of Australian actors, and non-Australian actors. Um, yeah, and no one leans too hard into the like shrimp on a Barbie 
nonsense. No, yeah. Not a Barbie. And, no. And like even Kirk... Corrugated Do- Iron, though. Uh, Kirk mm. Douglas is... Well, one of his characters. In fact, both of his characters, the brothers, are both from California originally. Like yeah. They both came to Australia to, to find their fortune. So they, they fit contextually. The Yeah, it makes sense that they're there. Yeah, and also having a lot of quite English-sounding voices in the, the, the ladies of the house. Also makes sense. Also makes sense. So, yeah, it, it is an earnest film. I think it is such a rainy Sunday afternoon film mm. it, that there can only be one score for that, and that's six out of ten. That's, yeah, it's pretty It's good. a classic yeah. six out of ten yeah. film. In this case, um, six aggressive whittlings out of ten. <laughs> just uh, whittling just, in someone's face. Yeah, just so the shading is curly. I respect that so much. Yeah, that was a real. He's got <laughs> and, balls, whittling and Tim. The other guy, she's like, I guess this is happening, <laughs> I and I, I can't, I can't do anything stop about it. it. Yeah. So yeah, look. All in all, it's it's okay. Yeah, it, it's slightly better than okay. Yeah, it's, it's genuinely better than I expected it was going to be. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah. I, was, I was a little concerned when I watched a trailer for this, but partly because it was the classic early nineteen eighties trailer where it's a guy talking like this, and it it just doesn't really know how to sell the film. Yeah, it's that, like, this th- is not that kind of film. No, it's you should not. really do trailers, Stephen. That was that's pretty good. Really engaging. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. So Anna and Andrew, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. And for those of you listening in, thank you for joining us. We are in the middle of Australia Month, and we have got a couple more films to uh, to go. If you want to hear them, um, why subscribe? It's going to be the easiest way. Rather than remembering every week, just going, oh, type in the cinema catch-up club. No, no, no. You just just find your podcast provider of choice, SoundCloud, Spotify, the other one, iTunes. Um, There are more. Just go along, click follow or subscribe or whatever. I've said this message over 200 times. I'm just very aware that there aren't many new ways to say this. So just go please, out and please, please subscribe. Yeah. You know, Ta- tame that wild Brumby. Yeah. That is a subscribe button. Yeah. And you can do it. We believe in you. Yeah. As Ride I'm, down that mountain. I'm galloping around the But internet. only once. <laughs> only once. Because <laughs> you'll break your ankles. Yes. You only need to subscribe once. Yes, that's, that's true. That's all it takes. That's true. Crack that subscribe whip and uh, get a new episode every week. We're also on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can get a uh, some bonus goodies here and there uh, and there is of course our facebook page just search for the cinema catch-up club on facebook and you'll get news and updates there but that is all for this week so until next time and where around the overflow the reed beds sweep and sway to the breezes and the rolling plains are wide and the man from snowy river is a household word today and the stockmen tell the story of his ride Demon horse. <laughs> I want your blood.
You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.